is White Sox Weekly, your two-hour all-access pass to everything White Sox. Drive in the air! Deep to right! It is gone! This presentation of the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network is brought to you by Trust Bank and Mazda of Orland Park. Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. We got two hours to hang out, talk White Sox this afternoon as we get ready for the Sox and Royals tonight. Sox could use a win. They lost to the Royals last night, 7-2 to the final. Dallas Keuchel hit around a little bit. The offense was quieted by another solid start from Royals right-hander Carlos Hernandez. Sox have been able to get back on the horse after losses in this last month of August. want to talk a lot about what that month brought to the White Sox and uh, what it has taken as well. August is not without its transactions. Even though the trade deadline's back in July, there are still gives and takes in this major league season. All in all, the storylines are right out in front for the White Sox. I want to talk about a lot of them with you this afternoon 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on the show. You want anything. White Sox, this is your dime and your dance floor, as they like to say. Uh, you've got a chance to talk all things Sox this afternoon. We are also going to have a couple of guests on the show today. Looking forward to our conversation with White Sox outfielder Gavin Sheets, newly recalled from AAA Charlotte. Spent about a month in the bigs with the Sox, of course. A lot of White Sox fans will remember it. He had some big hits and a couple of uh, big spots. He had a two-run homer or two-homer game in his first game back with the White Sox on September 1st. So that was uh, quite literally a blast to watch Gavin take two of them out for his first two-homer game in the bigs. We will also, and I'm very excited about this, I just met the man the other day, about a month and a half ago, actually, Adam Amin, calls regularly calls uh, Bulls basketball for the television side of things. He also calls college football. He also calls Bears preseason games. He also calls a lot of national baseball games. So he's a jack of all trades, and Adam Amin will join us at 5 o'clock. He and Stacy King were on the broadcast for the White Sox and Royals last night. And even though the Sox were out of that one for a little while, had a couple of chances uh, I caught a lot of the broadcast. I, you know, obviously, I'm listening to Len and DJ for the most part because we're in and on that broadcast. But, yeah, I like to check out the TV call. I like to know what White Sox fans are watching, what they're listening to, what they're digesting over the course of a ball game. And Amin and Stacy were a blast the other night. I mean, it was just it was a lot of fun to listen to two guys really enjoying uh, putting on a show. For White Sox fans, we'll talk to Adam about what that was like. And and he's got thoughts on baseball around the American League, too. The the dude has thoughts. We'll talk to Adam, uh, like I said, at 5 o'clock. Sox fans, a special offer for you. You can join us on September 11th. That is Sox Crawl. It's presented by Modelo. You can purchase this ticket package for a pregame crawl before the White Sox take on the Red Sox. Enjoy food and drink specials, play games, win prizes, and more. Tickets are on sale now. Get yours at whitesocks.com slash socks crawl. All right, let's start with what's coming tonight for the Sox. It's going to be Reynaldo Lopez against Daniel Lynch, the starting pitching matchup. Lopez has thrown so well for the White Sox, coming into the bullpen a couple of weeks ago and then moving into the rotation 
when Carlos Rodon went on the injured list after a five-inning start against the Cubs, in which he struck out 11, but you know, the shoulder was barking a little bit, so Rodon was placed on the injured list, and uh, Renato Lopez stepped right into the rotation and you know, really didn't miss a beat, you know, save for going deep into games, which is something I think they wanted to keep Reynaldo from doing so that he was, you know, at two taxed. He had been working out of the bullpen for a couple of weeks leading up to that run in the rotation. Uh, Reynaldo has responded and given the White Sox everything you could possibly ask for. He is now three and one if you like the decisions. If you don't, it's a one five four ERA and he'll face the Royals tonight. Daniel Lynch, the young left-hander for the Royals, is working uh, with a 4.47 ERA. Sox have hit him around a little bit. Got the lineup for you already. We'll get that to you in the next segment or so. Uh, but it's another game where these, this White Sox team, this White Sox squad, in first place as they are, on top of the American League Central by nine and a half games, pardon, eight and a half games over the Cleveland Indians right now. Uh, are looking at a very comfortable division lead. They are also, and I think two things can be true, I think two things have been true about this White Sox team at times throughout the year, they could still use a couple of wins. They could still use a couple of things clicking together for them, whether it be tonight or tomorrow afternoon against Kansas City before the off day on Labor Day Monday. It's, it's still not computing in my own brain that the White Sox won't play baseball on Labor Day. That's just that's a very baseball day, I think, for us, for baseball fans. You know, we we flip on the tube on Labor Day, you've got the day off, and you just kind of assume that there's going to be baseball for you, White Sox baseball for you, and yet it is an off day on Monday. So they'll use that to their advantage, no doubt about it. Um, and that's kind of brings me to the, the big topic at hand for the White Sox right now. There are three key important postseason linchpins that are all on the injured list right now. And I think, you know, there's, there's kind of two things going on. We talked about this with uh, during rain delay theater last night as we were waiting around for the uh, torrential downpour to move through Kansas City so that the Sox and Rose good thing started last night. There is time for the Sox. It may not feel... You know, comfortable to watch a team in first place, a team that's also jockeying for home field against squads like Tampa Bay to a certain degree, Houston to a much larger degree, and then trying to fend off the rest of the American League for home field advantage. Granted, the White Sox can win their division, and that's a great advantage that they have. But the White Sox, because of that lead in the AL Central, have time on their side. And I talked about it a little bit last night like this. You know, the rosters went from 26 to 28 on September 1st. But I kind of see that eight-and-a-half game lead as your 29th guy in the clubhouse, as that extra weapon that the White Sox have, and some of the teams around baseball have, don't get me wrong, but not everybody does. So the White Sox get to make moves. They get to arrange lineups. They get to look for matchups. They get to give time off which is essentially what these injured list placements are for Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, and Tim Anderson. They get to give time off to guys who need it. Now, a lot of teams won't be in that position. And it's a calculated risk. Don't get me wrong. The idea is that the White Sox, given the schedule they're going to play over the next couple of days in the entire month of September, are going to be able to hang on, play the way they want to, rest the guys they need to, 
And once, you know, next week comes around, something like that, you know, Boston series at home, that starts on September 10th, or maybe even that Angels series after the day off on the 13th, you're going to get guys like Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson back into action and then get ready for a two-and-a-half-week sprint into the playoffs. Three games in October, the first, second, and third, marks the end of the regular season, and then the White Sox will have a day off regardless of what their postseason matchup is, it looks like. And then October 5th, pardon, uh, October 6th will be ALDS Game 1. So, you know, you've got some time here to get things settled, to get guys fresh, and on the back end of that, because I know a lot of White Sox fans have been looking around and they go, okay, when are, we, when, when are things going to click? When are we going to move? When are we going to start taking down teams we need to take down and like we have all season long win the series that we've needed to win? When does that happen? This, that can happen now. You look at the way that Yasmani Grandal, Aloy Jimenez, and Luis Robert and Jose Abreu have all played since the month of August started. And in a lot of cases, you know, with Grandal and with Robert and with Aloy, it's since they've gotten back from the injured lists, they have been really hitting well. They have been really performing well. So they've got a lineup, I think, the White Sox do right now, even without Tim Anderson and with some of the, um, some of the rest concerns that you want to have that you want to keep in mind, I guess, going into some of these uh, some of these games over the next week, week and a half, you've still got plenty of big-time bats in this lineup to take care of what you need to take care of. I, I think this, too, about the rotation as it stands. Not only are you, are you looking at a guy like Carlos Rodon working back into the top form that he was in prior to that injured list pro- placement, or even just a couple of starts before that, because that... That start against the Cubs, his final one before going on the IL, you saw the velocity tick back up. Because in the starts, the two starts prior, he had been kind of around that, the first pitch was was 89, and in that start against Milwaukee, that got taken out of the ballpark for a home run. You'd seen him work around 92, 93, something around that range. I think it's important, as, as much as getting Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson back, that you get Carlos Rudon working comfortably. And, and most important, healthy through this last month of September. I think you want, for sure, Carlos Rodon to know that, yeah, we'd like you out there for five, six innings. We'd like you out there for 100-something pitches. But we don't want you pushing anything to the point where you're now in high-leverage inning number four in a start and really having to work hard to keep people off the board or whatever it is. I, I want him to feel comfortable with what he's got, what he's working with, whatever arsenal he's got that day. I want to be able to work through those starts. Uh, The White Sox have had an advantage in the rotation all season long. Up to this point, up to literally this moment, like today, the White Sox rotation has been an enormous advantage over the entire rest of the American League. And only now would you look at the White Sox rotation and go, hmm, they got some question marks. Well, obviously they do. You're looking to get Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito back to action and ready to work. Those are two guys that most other rotations, maybe one, maybe two, would really would take in their one through three. Not their one through five. Their one through three is what they'd look like. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight talking a little Sox baseball with you. I, I think, I think as we get, to putting those guys back into the lineup. As, as White Sox fans kind of 
kind of wait and bide their time a little bit. It It's understandable that September, this month, is going to feel just a little bit like you're holding back on something. Like you're waiting for the good stuff. Maybe like, I don't know if you if you celebrated Christmas, or maybe you're, you're familiar with this. In my family, we used to do the thing where you'd get like, you'd get a gift and a stocking on Christmas Eve. You'd be like a small gift that you unwrap and that would be fine. And then the stocking would be full of cool stuff and some candy and stuff like that. But you'd rip through that because you're six or seven years old. And you'd fire through that candy and you'd be all hopped up on sugar. And you'd be sitting there in the living room with your family looking at all of the presents under the tree that you're going to get to tomorrow morning, and you're thinking, yeah, this was great, but um, when's tomorrow happening? When are we doing that whole thing? Because this has been fun, and I've enjoyed my time here, but that's the prize. That's the destination. And I feel that's like a little bit what September feels like for Sox fans right now. I think, you know, when you if you look around, the uh, whether it's the American League or the National League, and you look at some of these division races that have some space in between first place and second place, you know, nine and a half games for the White Sox between them and the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I think the next biggest lead or maybe the largest lead is still Milwaukee over Cincinnati. That's a 10-game lead in the NL Central. You know, you're kind of looking at this, um, you know, this month of September thinking, okay, I know you got to get your stuff right. You want to feel comfortable. You want to have everything exactly where you want it to be heading into October and into your playoff matchup. But can we just go ahead and start that playoff matchup now? Can we just maybe snap the fingers and hop to it? I, I know that for White Sox fans and, and for, you know, having watched this team myself over the last two years, you know, 2020 was, well, obviously it was strange, right? It was just weird. But it was 60 games of mostly fun leading all the way up to a, a tough matchup against the A's where the White Sox were bounced in three games. And since then, it's just been okay. Let's get to the point where we've got that team on the field that Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and Tony La Russa, to an extent, have, have put together and managed together into big, consequential baseball games. Let's go ahead and see what it looks like. When the rubber meets the road, let's go ahead and imagine what this is going to be in a big-time playoff matchup. And I think what you've seen over the last couple of weeks is a really good sign in a lot of ways. Because I, I, I think top to bottom in this lineup, you've seen guys like Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, and Tim Anderson. Not to mention some others. But those are the biggest of big names in this White Sox lineup. Oh, and don't forget Yohan Mankata, who's got a league-leading 17-game hitting streak going on right now. You've seen those guys step up. You've seen those guys with big moments. You've seen those guys, some of them, as hot as they've ever been at the plate. And I think that's a good sign going forward. I think that's an impressive thing to have working in your favor. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. When we get back, give you the White Sox lineup for tonight's game against the Royals tonight. We'll talk with Gavin Sheets at 4 o'clock. Looking forward to talking with him. Just had his first two-homer big league game the other night in his first game back. 
after being called up to the White Sox. We're also going to talk about the postseason roster and what that may look like for a first-round matchup. We're going to talk about what some of those opponents might be as well. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. This is White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. You join us as the White Sox take on the Red Sox Saturday, September 11. The first 15,000 fans will receive a White Sox puffy vest presented by Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage provider of the Chicago White Sox. Guaranteed Rate, believe you will. Get started at rate.com to purchase tickets. Visit whitesox.com slash promos just getting started on the show this afternoon we're going to talk with gavin sheets at the top of the hour four o'clock for the white Sox outfielder dh and sometimes first baseman we'll talk with adam amin at five he called the game on the television side jason benetti and steve stone were both out so adam amin and stacy king were in a couple of basketball guys calling baseball game last night well, i shouldn't say that i mean stacy king's obviously a hoops guy Adam Amin calls everything from uh, tiddlywinks to professional NFL football. So there's, I mean, he's a he's a salty pro, so he knows what he's talking about. Looking forward to having a baseball conversation and broadcasting conversation with Adam at 5. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. You want to talk anything, White Sox? We are here for you leading up to our pregame show at 530. Here's the White Sox lineup for today against the Royals. This was just out about 20 minutes ago. Romy Gonzalez is going to make his first big league start. He did get a couple of hacks coming into the game last night late. He replaced Cesar Hernandez as the nine hit. He was 0 for 2 uh, with a strikeout and a ground out. Romy is going to lead off and play third. Luis Robert is in center field. Jose Abreu bats three. He's at first. Aloy Jimenez is the DH. Yasmani Grandal will catch. Andrew Vaughn is in left. Seven, eight, and nine are Leuri Garcia in right field. Cesar Hernandez has second base. And then Danny Mendick is at short tonight. Tim Anderson, of course, on the injured list. I wanted to go through some of the performances and, and really let's be honest, some of the accolades that are due to Jose Abreu and, and some of the other mainstays in this White Sox lineup. Um, but I, I bring up Jose Abreu because he was just named Player of the Month for August. And when you think about it, you know, it's the second straight year that Abreu has been Player of the Month in August. If you look at the splits, and we will in just a minute, the White Sox may just want to rename the month of August into Abreu. Because it's been that kind of thing for Jose. I've heard a lot of people joking that, you know, hopefully the White Sox coaching staff is able to tell Jose Abreu that instead of this being September 4th, that this is really just August 35th. I think it's a good plan. It's probably a decent idea. Abreu, though, was named American League Player of the Month for August. It's his fourth career monthly honor. He hit 330 with a 382 on base and a 661 slugging percentage. Seven doubles, 10 homers, 25 driven in, 22 scored, 28 games, second consecutive August Player of the Month award. He led the American League with 74 total bases. Among the league leaders in home runs, runs scored, slugging percentage, all top five there. It has been just a, it's been that kind of thing for Jose. 
Check out, I'll scroll through real quick here. I'll give you the, the, his, his complete career August, right? These are all the at-bats he's ever had in August compiled together. His career split for the month of August. A 335 hitter with a 390 on base and a 604 slugging percentage. I don't want to read you just a whole bunch of numbers because that's what this baseball conversation get into. So just believe me this way. Those, his month of August numbers are like at least 15% better across the board than in any other month of his career. Does it mean anything? I don't know. Maybe. Baseball's weird. It might. Do you want to put money on Jose Abreu next August? Maybe. Depends on what kind of your what your scratch situation is. But Jose Abreu in August might be as good as a cleared check. He's just that kind of player. 56 home runs in the month of August. In his career, he hasn't hit more than 40 home runs in any one month, all of them combined. It's it's just that that's that dude. And I think, you know, the reason I bring up Jose in the month of August uh, specifically here is because you know the the season for him hasn't been what he's wanted it to be. And that's okay. You know, I mean, like, obviously the White Sox offense has been getting by with the Abreu that they've had. Jose Abreu has never been, never, in his entire Major League career, has never had a bad season. He's only once, and I I say once with an asterisk, he's only once not driven in 100 runs. And that was in uh, just a couple of years ago when he only played 128 games. It was 2018. And he came up just short by about 20-something RBI. The other time was in 2020 when no one had 100 RBI because we only played 60 games. And all Abreu did there was drive in 60, one driven in per game, and he won the RBI title. Now, a little bit about RBI, at least from my perspective. And you're welcome to disagree with this. Lord knows Jose does, and that's fine. But I think the run driven in is a function of lineup. But that doesn't mean it's dismissible. After all, runs scored are how baseball teams win games. And without, without somebody driving them in, it's impossible to win baseball games. Therefore, the RBI is an important stat. I think what makes Jose Abreu's career RBI totals and the fact that he could lead the American League in RBI in three straight seasons, only one other player has ever done that. That was Cecil Fiedel in the early 90s while he was with the Tigers. I think it was 90, 91, and 92. The only other American League player to have done that, assuming Jose Abreu does it this year, which it's no done deal, but he does lead the league uh, and, and runs batted in. What I think does matter and what makes Jose even more interesting and by that matter more impressive, look at some of the rosters, the lineups that Jose Abreu has been in. I mean, it's no secret that for two, three years, three, four years maybe, depending on how you want to argue it, the White Sox have been in a rebuilding process trying to create the teams that showed up last year and won and got into the playoffs and have showed up this year and hold a commanding lead on the American League Central and will more than likely make the playoffs yet again. Abreu, despite those somewhat underwhelming lineups in years like 16 and 17 and 18, still got his and by getting his, he performs for that team. You know what I mean? This isn't just like a, a completely self-serving self-serving stat. It's not like, um, oh, 
God, I'm going to forget the Cincinnati. The kid who went to Cincinnati that would always pad his stats on boards. He played for the Blazers. He was, uh, it doesn't matter. I'll think of it later. But it's not, you know what I mean? It's not like somebody pounding it off the backboard and then bringing it back down for a triple-double and, and just kind of stat hunting, anything like that. I'm going to think of it like during the break, and I'm just going to shout it during a commercial. Connor McKnight here. It's White Sox Weekly. Gavin Sheets is our guest when we come back. White Sox and Royals tonight. Don't go anywhere. Lots more to come on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. White Sox Weekly is what you've got here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. Just got done talking with Gavin Sheets, White Sox outfielder. Found it interesting, you know, he brought up a couple of times in that conversation that both he and Romy Gonzalez took the opportunity while Yasmani Grandal was at AAA Charlotte rehabbing the knee injury or coming back from the knee surgery, which was the result of the injury, that they really spent some time picking the brain of Yasmani Grandal. Really spent some time, you know, kind of getting under his wing, and he kind of took him under there as well, leading the way, as it were, for a couple of young White Sox hitters who you know may make a difference at some points during September. Romy Gonzalez is going to lead off and play third for the White Sox tonight. Yoan Mankata gets a day off tonight, even though he's got a 17-game hitting streak. He'll have to resume that next time he starts, which I, I think will be tomorrow. But it was a late one last night, what with the two-hour rain delay and then getting done right about, I mean, we got home right about 1.30, something like that. Game ended right around midnight. You know, 6 o'clock start today, and then a day game tomorrow. Figure you give the day off to Yoan Mankata today. He's back at it tomorrow afternoon, maybe. Uh, and then Monday's the off day for the White Sox. So you got some extra time. This is really, you know, kind of the month of September where the White Sox get a little bit of what's owed to them in terms of a rest. You look back at the schedule in uh, August, and it was a it was a long stretch of games against the Yankees, the A's, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and then three against the Cubs, obviously of a different class, but still, you know, games you got to play and knock off the schedule a little bit. Pardon. But it's it was 16 straight for the White Sox. And now here in the month of, month of September, you have four days off over the final four weeks of the season, plus a fifth in that last, you know, little half week that pops up there, too. So the White Sox are getting the rest they need and taking advantage of the division lead that they have at nine and a half games with Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, and Tim Anderson all on the injured list right now. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. You're going to want to keep it handy because every Saturday, instead of you getting a chance to ask a question to Len Casper or Darren Jackson on the broadcast and then answering that in the bottom of the fifth every saturday len asks you a question now i don't know what this is i mean we we play it that way i'm not i don't know what the question is beforehand so we'll kind of answer it together if you've got a question or rather an answer for len asks i want to hear from you give us a ring 312-332-3776 or if you'd rather maybe have your answer read during the game you can tweet at us, although I'll bring up some of the calls as well on the uh, during the game. You can tweet at us at ESPN White Sox or use the hashtag Len Asks. So here it is. Without any further ado, your Len Asks for the day. Simple question this week for Len Asks. Do you like the unbalanced schedule? 
Do you like the fact the Sox play everybody in the division 19 times, or would you rather see that spread around the American League or maybe even interleague play a little bit more? Let us know. Ooh, all right, Len. Appreciate it. Now, this is something we've talked about both during the game and off air and on air here on White Sox Weekly. It's uh, it's a topic of contention, I think. That unbalanced schedule leads the White Sox to play every team in baseball. Each team in their division 19 times in a season. And I think well, two things. One is, I don't know that the White Sox have the nine and a half game lead that they have in the AL Central without an unbalanced schedule. I think you could say that for just about every other team as well. But in a year like this, uh, don't get me wrong. I think the White Sox are a very good team, one of the best in the American League, and absolutely have a chance to win a World Series. Not just get there, not just make a good show in the playoffs, but have a chance to win a World Series. And I'm far from the only person that thinks that. But the White Sox also suffered injuries to Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Yasmani Grandal during the season. Those are They were big-time injuries, especially with especially with Aloy and especially with Robert. And to a certain degree, yes, Monty Grandal, but not so much, and he played quite a bit leading up to that injury. They were able to survive those catastrophic injuries to big-time players, mostly because everybody they called up stepped up, whether that was Billy Hamilton, Brian Goodwin, Nick Williams actually had a couple of game-winning at-bats, two of them, actually. Gavin Sheets came up and played well. We just heard from him a little while ago on White Sox Weekly. But you also, the White Sox, also were the beneficiaries of that unbalanced schedule by virtue of playing the Twins 19 times and absolutely cleaning their clocks. You got to play the Tigers. You got to play the Indians and handled them fairly well in a down season. Now, the Royals have won one more game against the White Sox than the Sox have won against them. And the Sox need two wins to finish with a winning season series against the Royals here on Saturday night and then Sunday tomorrow afternoon. But being able to play those teams that many times has absolutely helped in the division lead that the White Sox have. That said, from a pure entertainment standpoint, you know, if I'm lining up my succinct answer to Len Asks, I am ready to let the unbalanced schedule go. I was excited for it, you know, back when I was a kid, especially when, back when interleague play first got started. I forget what year exactly that was. I want to say, was it 02? Did we have that weird all-star game in Milwaukee where we had the tie and then interleague play really started in earnest after that? I think my memories might be muddled some. Sean Davis, our producer on the other side, will look it up for me. Appreciate you, man. That all-star game in Milwaukee was such a weird one. That's that tie game where Bud Selig's just kind of uh, shrugging his shoulders at the end because they kind of ran out of ideas in a tie game. And then it mattered after that. Then you had interleague play pickup. I'm I'm ready to go ahead and see, because I remember tales of, you know, I'm mid-30s baseball fan. Grew up watching everything, you know, National League and American League. And I, I liked the idea of making two trips, you know, two good trips. You know, that you'd go out and play the Angels, and the Angels had come here. You know, you'd go out and play the Giants, and then the Giants had come here into town. That kind of thing. I, I like the symmetry there. And I got to tell you, the, the, the number of times 
that you play your division rivals just, you know, to me, it, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, and now you've got the Royals again. Okay, and now you've got the Twins again. And the way, because there are so many, it seems to me, because there are so many inter-division games, there are so many uh, matchups against those teams, you, you never get to balance out in the schedule your matchups against the division. Like, the White Sox were done with the Twins, I want to say it was back in early early August. And for my money, and granted the schedulers can't take into account what a team's going to look like in as they create the schedule for the coming year. But wouldn't you have wanted, you know, I mean, if you were if you were to put the schedule together yourself, wouldn't you have wanted a White Sox Twins matchup kind of late in the season? Those two teams were projected to be the the bees knees in this division. Projected to be the two teams fighting each other to the to the last. Didn't work out that way, but it would have been nice to see a season ending series like that or something. Then I think that becomes more schedulable if there are fewer games against your division opponents. I'm ready to kind of see that shaken up some. You know, we've got a new CBA coming up. The current one just expires on December 1st. And while there are a lot of other issues, a lot of other labor related issues at hand for the Players Association and for the league to hash out before we get back to baseball in 2022, there are other big things that are going to have to get hacked out. But I think that divisional play stuff, I think that the actual schedule itself will be changed some. To say nothing of the fact that I think what we're coming up against is probably league expansion. I mean, the way it sounded is that, you know, heading into, and tell me if you've heard this before, but heading into 2020, Major League Baseball had big plans. There were already scout teams in advance. Dave Dombrowski was in charge of one, I think, in Nashville, kind of the outfit that was kind of like lobbying and getting themselves ready for a potential team in Nashville should baseball expand in the next couple of years, in charge of like putting together that effort. And obviously 2020 hits and the world changes and you have to adjust and adapt. But I I think baseball is still looking to expand probably into two more cities. The Athletic, which does some fine work on covering all sorts of baseball teams uh, and everything else, actually put together a draft um, by their writers of cities and potential team names and mascots and that kind of stuff. They had a lot of fun with it. Um, But Montreal and Nashville, Portland, um, I think Vancouver was on that list. Las Vegas was definitely on that list. I think expansion is probably on the table in the coming years. I doubt they're going to deal with that specifically in the CBA. I think what's more likely to happen is you're going to have teams who have had some residency issues over the last couple of years, like Oakland and their arguments with the city, um, and Tampa Bay, whose efforts to get a new ballpark have kind of been stymied for a bunch of different reasons, um, some of them monetary, some of them fan-related, some of them city-related, to be sure. But I think you'll probably see those teams relocated, and then you may see expansion kind of in earnest. To answer the question I asked earlier about interleague play, first interleague was 97, which I think we all knew, which I'd probably forgotten. And then 2002, oh, it was 2002. 2002, you saw the current form of interleague play. So I, I, I actually was. I got that one right. Blind squirrel, that kind of thing. 312-332-3776. That's Len Asks for You. I'm giving my answer, and pretty thoroughly, I should say. But that's Len Asks for You. How do you feel about the current unbalanced schedule? The idea that the White Sox or any team is going to have to play their division opponents 
19 times in a season. Me, I'm good with it. I'm ready to have some change come around. And to be quite honest with you, I know this might be sacrilege to a lot of White Sox fans, to a lot of baseball fans around, but I'll say it anyway. I'm ready for total realignment. I know it's wild. I know you've got your your hooks into your squad, your White Sox being an American League team and, and facing the division opponents that you've got. But it wasn't all that long ago when you had a couple of teams switch leagues, the Astros. It wasn't that long ago when the Brewers switched. I mean, maybe a little while ago, but not that long. It was in the 90s. I, I wouldn't mind radical realignment. I wouldn't mind geographical shifts to divisions as well. And I know that might mean that the White Sox play the Cubs a lot more than just four to six times a season, but I'm kind of ready for that too. I'm okay with that. And we had to do a little bit of preparing on both sides of towns for matchups like that, but I, I think I'm ready for it. I, I really am. Want to know what you think? 312-332-3776. Anything about the White Sox? Happy to get into that as well. I mentioned earlier in the show, we talked a lot about Jose Abreu's Player of the Month Award for August. There are three other White Sox, all back from various injuries and lately, who have been just clubbing it. We're getting into the returns of Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Yasmani Grandal. When we get back and we will talk with Adam Amin at 5 o'clock. He usually calls hoops, but last night... He was on the call for the White Sox and Royals alongside Stacey King. We'll check in with how his Friday night went, rain delay, and everything. White Sox and Royals coming up at 610 tonight. I'm Connor. This is White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Imagine being three months pregnant and finding out you have cancer. I'm Robin, and... Sox and Royals coming up tonight. First pitch at 6.10. Our pregame show just under an hour from now. We're going to talk with Adam Amin in a little bit more, a little bit less than a half an hour. He's going to join us at 5 o'clock here on the show. He called the White Sox game last night on the television side. Jason and Steve went out. So Adam and Stacy were in. They usually do hoops. So I'm really interested in talking with a couple of guys who usually call hoops and uh, were into a baseball game last night. I saw, I was looking up the television as I was watching last night. I, I think you probably listen to a lot of the game on the radio, and you should. Len and DJ are fantastic. But I looked up, and Stacy was wearing a White Sox hat while he was broadcasting a White Sox game, and I kind of thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. Just kind of throw that out there, be that guy, do that thing, guest broadcaster, calling a White Sox game, getting into it. We'll play a particular call that they had last night. Larry Garcia got up to haul down a line drive, and the two of them called it a little bit like a... It was almost like they were calling an alley-oop play. We'll get into it a little bit. You can join us on Sunday, September 12th, as the White Sox take on the Red Sox at 110. The first 15,000 fans will receive a Los White Sox jersey presented by Coca-Cola. Grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola and enjoy the game. To purchase tickets, visit whitesox.com slash promos couple of things out there for you. Len asks, has been issued. He asked you whether or not you are good with or done with the divisional setup, the unbalanced schedule, the White Sox playing the Twins and the Royals and everybody else 19 times in their division. Uh, I'm kind of good with it. I'm ready to move on. Love to know what you think. You got any other White Sox concerns, topics, or plaudits you want to throw out? We're happy to have you. 312-332-3776. 
Although, got a little news from White Sox manager Tony La Russa's pregame press conference. Uh, Yoan Mancata is not in the lineup for the White Sox today. And of course, with the injuries that the White Sox are going through right now, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, and Tim Anderson all on the injured list uh, for precautionary reasons, more or less. You need to make sure that it doesn't go any further than that. You need to make sure that if you do have injuries pop up or things that guys are dealing with, that you're able to get them to time the time to rest those things up so it doesn't become something bigger. So, Tony La Russa, when asked about Yoan Mankata being out of the lineup tonight, had this answer for White Sox beat reporters. Yoan uh, tweaked his wrist. It bothers him a bit from the right-hand side. So it's a good day not to play him. It, he may make a swing right-handed that aggravates it where left-handed doesn't bother him. So didn't want to risk it today. All right, so that's just the nuts and bolts of it. If you recall, it was, I think it was against the Oakland A's almost a month ago now where Moncada tweaked his wrist a little bit. DJ and I were actually calling the game, and, you know, Moncada will will sometimes react that way. He, he kind of gets a, if he swings and misses at something, he has this kind of like physical reaction where he does kind of slump over a little bit and head back to the dugout. And it's not a, it, it's not a, it's not a psychological thing. You know, it's not like his it's body language is bad, I think. It's just kind of the way he reacts. It would be one thing if the guy didn't, you know, after that, go on a 17-game hit streak and play darn near gold glove defense at third uh, over the next two and a half, three weeks. He, he did. That's exactly what he did. But it did look like he had kind of uh, injured something a little bit there. Sounds like that one wrist is kind of bugging him a little bit when he swings right-handed. So... Against the lefty, Daniel Lynch, today, it's a good day to rest him and keep him out of the lineup. I think, you know, I, I think it is crucial. You know, the White Sox have had so many injuries this year. And, and really, all across baseball, we've seen a lot. That's going to be, I think, you know, if you're writing the, the story of the 2021 MLB season, you're going to devote a chapter, if not a couple, to why, how, and how many Soft tissue injuries, not that the wrist is a soft tissue injury, it's a different situation, but so many different soft tissue injuries have popped up for big-time players all across the league. You know, whether it's a guy like Francisco Lindor or Fernando Tatis or Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez, you, you just have had so many injuries to guys that have kept some of the stars out for a while. Yeah, I, I thought earlier on in the season that those injuries, the number of them, just the sheer overwhelming number of them, threatened to kind of overwhelm the narrative of the season, you know, maybe like steal some joy away. And I guess, you know, personally, we, we just, we'd come through 2020, we just had so much kind of taken from us that I was like, oh, no, not more. You can't come for this too. This is my baseball season. I got to have it. And thankfully, we have. And, and I think. Across the league, we've seen some of the talent pop up. But, you know, some of the extra talent that have popped up, some of the young kids step up into positions um, where some of the stars haven't been able to be. Uh, Ronald Acuna is is another great uh, instance here. You know, he's had a, a, an injury, too. I think it was a knee um, and not a soft tissue injury, but a, a knee that, that popped up and hurt him and kept him out of the rest of the season. We've just lost a lot of star players for a little while so far this season um, and you got to make sure down the stretch here in this final month that you are not a team that's putting themselves behind the eight ball and pressing players who don't need to be pressed on 
312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. Head out to the phone lines now on the south side. It's Larry. Larry, what's up, man? You're on White Sox Weekly. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Is it, is they got Lucas out. You got Lance Lynn out. All these people, if they were starting to play off tomorrow, they'd be playing. I know they got a nine and a half game lead. But don't you think this is going too far now? Don't you really think this is going? They got they can't win without Anderson. Really, they need Anderson not leading off is just hurting them. They, but isn't it's, this getting it's like, difficult can't, without can't, Tim? Kind of ridiculous. Well, Larry, not no McConnell either. What kind of lineup they putting out there tonight? Larry, the White Sox have won without star players all season long. Like that's a feature of the lineup. It's not a bug. They've they've gotten in a, in a weird way. They've gotten away with this all season. <laughs> You can't get away with it too far, too long, though. Yeah, but you got a I mean, nine would, and a half. Would, uh, if you're not going to use the nine and a half game lead, then what use is it to you? Yeah, but they don't they got five games with Cleveland. Uh, they have. I'll look at the schedule in just a second. My phone just kind of died. Uh, they've got four games, five games with Cleveland. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They got five. You want a little bit more space than that? No, no. I mean, Larry, the point is that you you can rest these guys up and heal them. So that when you start that five-game series against Cleveland, they're back in 100% healthy. That series okay. against Cleveland doesn't start until the 23rd. Okay, 23rd. Okay. So you've, okay. Got, you've got the time to rest up Lynn and Lucas and Tim and Yoan, for that matter. You've got the time to do that now. You don't have the time to do that later. You want to hit that road series or that, that road stretch on the 17th, when they go to face Texas, then they're on the road against Detroit, and then they've got that long stretch against Cleveland with the doubleheader on the 23rd, then three more games, five in total. You want to hit those hope, series 100% healthy. I just hope they have an eight-game lead by that time when they face Cleveland, and they get that five-game because this is – if any person that needs to be, be uh, uh, put on the injury list would be Keiko. The worst pitcher, he should be on the injury list. You know, that's the thing, though, Larry. You can't do that now. I mean, you, you need a guy to go take innings. And Lance hasn't, uh, rally, Dallas hasn't been able to do that the last three starts. But you can't put yet another starter on that injured list right now. You need him to throw innings. Well, that's what I'm saying. I would prefer that he would have been there before Borlean and, 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 and but, Giolito. But, but Dallas is able to pitch. And Lance and Lucas... You know, you're going to have them pitch in the postseason. Dallas Keuchel may not be in the postseason rotation. You need the guys healthy that are. Well, on that note, I just hope that the White Sox got at least a nine-game lead when they play Cleveland. When it, when it, when it, I hope that's what I hope. Well, they've had I mean, it. Larry, and they have everybody. Everybody is uh is is there now. And they're more more injuryless, but until I hope. Here's hoping, Larry. Appreciate the phone call, man. I think you know that's what this is about, and I understand that it's frustrating, but it's. You know, it's a little bit like the White Sox putting big-time players on the injured list right now is a little bit like making sure that you're putting the max number into your 401k. It's not sexy. It's not fun. But every financial advisor, everybody you call is going to tell you the same thing. Hey, you know what? You can make some risky bets on Robinhood or you could, you know, go ahead and invest in Google or something like that. You can make a risky play on a penny stock and see what happens. But the thing that's going to guarantee you your money back over time and when you need it most is the unsexy 401k. It's the boring investment. It's just that really stupid, lame thing that no one likes to talk about. 
No one goes to the bar and it's like, hey, have you seen how my 401k is doing? And if you do, you tell that guy, Blake, go away. You're not supposed to be here tonight. Go hang out with your other group of friends. We don't want to hear you talk about it. But that's what the White Sox are at. They've banked their lead, a nine and a half game lead. And all season long, it's almost wild, right? All season long, when the White Sox have had kind of a disappointing loss like last night, seven to two against the Royals, Cleveland loses. Like all all year long. Every game the White Sox you feel, and this is gonna happen for any team, no matter how good they are, you're gonna have like twenty games in a year that you feel like your squad just kind of gave away. And that felt a little bit like last night's game. We could be honest about it. It happens to everybody, regardless of the starter you have out there. But every time the Sox have had a game where it's like, oh, God, what happened tonight? You look over across the scoreboard, Cleveland lost. It's just been that kind of year. Out in Palatine and now on White Sox Weekly, it's Sean. What's up, Sean? Hey, cool. I thought I thought for a second I was going to get the negative thing from, like, Lenny and Squiggy where you say that's the worst idea of all time and then, hey, go to Sean from Palatine. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I love your show. Thanks, uh, I wanted to mention, well, first of all, just to, where, where, where that's concerned, management, uh, where, to your last caller, is really that's where the management comes in on the American League, where, where you have to manage these guys and give them just enough innings and just enough playing time where they're not totally cold when they hit the playoffs. But, you know, they're, they're not tired out and they're, they're 100%. You're absolutely right. So I just wanted to say that. But the other thing I wanted to mention was you mentioned balanced schedule. I think baseball is the most balanced sport in terms of who the actual best team is in, in all of sports because you play all these games, you're able to play every team, yeah. literally every team. And I think that, to me, we should take more advantage of that. Yes, we want to play the, the division rivals. Yes, it's a good idea. But I just think for – for uh, you know, for entertainment purposes, and I'm just a casual baseball fan anyway. I like watching pretty much every team play everybody once, just to see what it's like. Because you never know later on in the playoffs and or the World Series what's going to happen. Sean, I you know I hadn't considered it from that perspective. I appreciate the phone call, man. I I would like a little bit more of an even spread across matchups, but it actually it does bring something up that I I wanted to talk about earlier in the show, and we'll do it after the uh, after the break here. But I'll I'll tell you this. I just because a team handles another one in the regular season doesn't mean that if that squad matched up again, that the same thing's going to happen. But I do like having it on the record. How weird is that? Liam Hendricks was talking about this the other day. He played for Oakland last season. White Sox fans don't need to remember, but he did. The A's handed it to the Astros all damn year, handed it to them. They got into the playoffs and Houston looked like a different class of baseball team. Liam has talked about it. And it's not just that team. I heard Steve Stone talking about it the other day. He was on the, I want to say it was 71 Giants. And they beat the heck out of the Pirates all year long. They got to the playoffs. Different song. Different story altogether. Just because. And baseball's littered with this, Right. Just because you played a team tough in the regular season, it has no real bearing on how things are going, going to go in the postseason. Just because you're hot heading into the playoffs, it has no bearing on whether you're going to be hot once October starts. Same, same in reverse. You may be cold. You may have backed your way in. You can still get hot in the playoffs. 
Baseball is a weird, weird sport that way. We play so many games to figure out who the best teams are. And by virtue of all sorts of different quirks, weather, length of season, TV advertising dollars, all this kind of stuff, we've set up a postseason schedule that's a best of five or best of seven. That's nowhere close to enough games to really figure out who the best matchup is, who the best two teams are. But that's how we do it. And it gets weird when we do. One more before we hit the break in Blue Island. It's Mike. Mike, you're on White Sox Weekly. Hey, buddy. How are you today? Hanging in there, man. Good. I uh, I couldn't agree more with uh, your comments as far as how uh, our coaching staff has been handling the resting of the players, uh, you know, giving days off and that. And uh, you hit it right on the head. What's What's the sense of having a nine-game lead if you can't take advantage of it? Yeah. You know, uh, do you really care if you win a division by one games or ten games? It, it, to me, it doesn't matter. You know, I would much rather have a well-rested bullpen, a well-rested starting rotation uh, to go in strong to the playoffs. You know, like you said, baseball is a weird game, you know. Uh, any given day, you know, it's just whoever gets hot, you know, is hot. But, you know, uh, you can't put an emphasis on rested. 162 games is a long season. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Mike, appreciate the phone call, man. The one thing I can guarantee you, is that you're going to be better in the playoffs when you have better players. That's the chance I'm willing to take. That's the chance the Sox are willing to take. If you have more, better players when you start that postseason series, better off you're going to feel about the matchup. 312-332-3776. Love to take some phone calls on the other side. We've got Adam Amin joining us at 5 o'clock. This is White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. It is White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. We've got the pregame show coming up in just about half an hour. Adam Amin, who called the game for the Sox and Royals last night on the television side, will join us at 5 o'clock. I want to let you know that you can cover all your bases with concession credit. You get a $40 lower-level ticket that includes $25 in food and beverage credit that can be used anywhere in the ballpark. Upper level, upper upper level options. Easy for me to say. Upper level options are available as well. For tickets and more information, visit whitesocks.com slash concessions. You can also, yeah, the offers are flying fast here. You can also close out the regular season with two lower level tickets for thirty bucks. There's still plenty of exciting White Sox baseball to come this season, so be here for it all. For tickets and more information, visit whitesocks.com slash closer. C O C-L-O-S-E-R, closer. I suppose it could also be closer, but it doesn't matter. If you're spelling it into the URL, you're going to get the tickets anyway, and you're going to have a great time at the ballpark. Uh, Taking a look at the home schedule that's left for the White Sox, there's that three-game series against the Red Sox on the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th of this month. Then they've got the Angels for three at home, 14th, 15th, and 16th. Not sure if Shohei Otani is going to get a start on the mound in that series, but he will definitely get a couple of at-bats. He is your, well, let's just go ahead and say it, your runaway AL MVP leader. Uh, and then they close out the season. It's a long road stretch, but they close out the season to the White Sox with two against the Reds on the 28th and 29th, and then three on the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of October against the Tigers 
to finish out the regular season. I, I think I said earlier that that playoff series, the ALDS, starts on the 6th of October. It's not. I apologize. It's the 7th of October. I wrote it down in the phone wrong, but there it is on the 7th, and I think you can expect the White Sox to be playing on that particular day. A couple of things out there for you. I, I know we're talking to Adam Amin in just a couple of minutes here on White Sox Weekly, um, but Len Asks is out there for you. He asked whether or not you like or don't like at this point the unbalanced schedule, the idea that each team is going to play their division opponents 19 times. I'm good on the idea. I'm set. We've done it long enough. I'm ready for a little bit of change in my life. I think a lot of other people are as well. We'll ask Adam Amin what he thinks about it. When we come back, this is White Sox Weekly. We've got the pregame show at 5.30. Don't forget, still time to hang out here on White Sox Weekly. White Sox and Royals coming up at 6.10, but we're going to break now so we can hang out with Adam Amin on the other side. This is the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Captain J. Hood, 7 to 10 mornings, ESPN 1000. White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000, Hard Rock Casino, White Sox Network. We got a treat for you. Adam Amin is our guest in just 10 seconds. We pause it here for station ID. From the first Midwest Bank State Street studio, the new home of the Chicago White Sox, this is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. Healthy Tim Anderson. Oof. There's Nicky Lopez. What a play by Garcia! Give me that! Woo, Garcia! That was Adam Amin and Stacey King on the television call last night. Larry Garcia snagged a line drive, and those two reacted like it was an alley-oop dunk on the fast break. At least, I think those are basketball terms. I'm really a baseball guy. Adam Amin does everything, and he's our guest here on White Sox Weekly. Hi, Adam. How are you, man? All is well, man. Thanks for the intro. Absolutely. Not at all. Uh, you know, I felt a little bit weird bringing in a seasoned broadcaster and then taking the legal. I'm, I'm sure in your head you're thinking, oh, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't take the legal right before the top. That's what he didn't do. I know that. But you're a seasoned dude. You've been around. You've called all kinds of stuff. What was it like getting ready to call a baseball game with a basketball pro? <laughs> it, it felt, I, I would imagine, this is how Jason felt. When, when Bill Walton came in, just somebody who's a, an observer from the outside, obviously a very high-level athlete and has perspective that is unique and certainly applicable, but doesn't maybe have the same feel for the nuance like a Steve Stonewood, and that's fine. That's not what Bill Walton's job was. That's not what Stacey King's job was. Their job was to come in, enjoy, give some perspective, play the role of a fan uh, you know, in some sense as my kind of a liaison to the fans that are watching that are maybe a little bit more casual, maybe not as dialed in every single pitch, and that's fine. You can enjoy that once out of, out of 162, I think, I hope. I hope it wasn't too intrusive. And we had a good time with it, so I just wanted to make sure he was comfortable. I wanted to get him into spots where he could talk about the team and say things that he did feel and say things that he had observed, and it felt like it went all right, and it's like I said, it, it was. He even said during the during the week, like it's, I'm not trying to be perfect on this broadcast. I'm just trying to enjoy it and point some things out that I might see and, and kind of take the role of fan. So I, I hope it worked out. Oh, okay, you know perfect. it. I mean, the, the the feel was there, man. I mean, you could absolutely. You guys are so good together on the Bulls broadcasts as it is, and the feel you guys have that established. I I thought it was cool. You know, I, I had you and and Stacy and Len and DJ on all at the same time because that's kind of how I consume it. I feel like that's kind of my job in the post game show. But I I thought at one point. 
Stacy was talking about what resonates to players in terms of a coaching staff and its experience, right? He's He's got all this experience on the Phil Jackson side. He understands what it is to have that dude with that gravitas there in the room with players. And I'm, I'm, I found myself just nodding along going, yeah, that all really makes sense. I mean, we're just checking boxes in terms of analogies between, you know, those Bulls squads and Tony La Russa's literal Hall of Fame legacy here. I think that's, uh, that, that's what we were trying to get mostly out of Stacey is the fact that he's been at the highest of high levels in professional sports. And there is something to relate and parallel from a team's journey. And I think we, we look at this White Sox team now that has a core that most of us are pretty familiar with now, right? I think Anderson, obviously he's hurt, but Anderson, Abreu, now Jimenez and Robert, part of this group. We, we feel some connectivity to this group now. The homegrown guys are playing, Sheets and Vaughn, uh, Zavala. You saw Gonzalez's debut last night. There's a little bit of connectivity now where people feel pretty invested in this group of people. And that allows for some growth over time. You get to observe, all right, where was this group before? Where are they now? Where have they progressed from? What are they pot- uh, potentially capable of? And that's how we viewed those Bulls teams from the late 80s into the championship era of the early 90s. And I was hoping, and I think Stacy provided this, and you pointed it out, Connor, was that parallel of what it's like for a team with a veteran coach, somebody who clearly has some idea of where this group can go, and to apply these methods to get them to that point. I think the White Sox are, I, I wouldn't make the direct comparison to like the 80s, 90s Bulls, but I think there's some parallel there that can be kind of connective and, and applicable. It's all about relating to players at a certain degree, at least at least from my perspective. Because you're right, the direct analogy isn't there. That hardware isn't the same, at least not yet. Here's hoping. But it's it's relating to those guys on the field and getting the best out of them that matters so much. Yeah, and this is especially in baseball, and Stacey was quick to point that out too, is just the mental aspect of it. But having gone through a basketball season and kind of getting a better sense of what the day, day-to-day grind really is, and especially last year for the Bulls in a compacted year, you kind of get this sense of, of what that track is like at the very least, what the mental day-to-day might be like, what the athlete mindset might be like. And I think those connective tissues are, are that they, they branch into the NFL. I'm sure they branch into the NHL. But I think the longer season sports, basketball, hockey, that play every couple of days, baseball that's playing essentially every day, I think there's that connective tissue there. And I think we, we tried to bring a little bit of that out last night. Talking with Adam Amin, he had the call on the TV side for the White Sox and Royals last night uh, here on White Sox Weekly. It's ESPN 1000, Hard Rock Casino, White Sox Network. Adam, I, I want to tell you about a, a kind of a funny, nerdy broadcast moment I had last night as well. It was early on in the game. And like I said, I had both broadcasts on, kind of trying to, you know, listen to two things at once. That's a radio career. That's what you do. And, and at one point, you and Len both, really all four of you, Len and DJ and you and Stacy, were talking about the same darn thing. And it was when Tony LaRussa and the umpires were out there yammering about we had no idea what. And you and Len both kind of went into this whole launch about how, you know... Leading into the 2020 season, there had been plans to mic up umpires, but obviously that was derailed, and we hope they get back to it soon. And I swear to you, man, at the same time, you and Len were doing the same thing. It was great. <laughs> I think I, that actually makes me feel really good because Len obviously is a day-to-day guy in this, and I'm not. I, I'm, I parachute in for my you know 10 to 15 games and parachute in for a playoff series and, and 
that, like, and that's it. That's my year. You know, I do a tenth of the baseball that guys like Len and Jason do. So I understand it's not my day-to-day sport, but I'm glad that somebody seasoned like Len, who's thinking about this on a day-to-day basis, also had that same thought. So it makes me feel actually a lot better. It makes me feel like I'm at least kind of paying attention when if, if Len, Len and I are talking about the same stuff. I feel good about it. Baseball has just so many weird rules. You know, I mean, like, I, I can give you chapter and verse on the infield fly, but not every fan there is going to know it. So why wouldn't you have an umpire just kind of raise his hand, turn on a microphone and go, hey, uh, here's what happened. That's why this guy's out and the run scored. All right, let's move on. Yeah, it's the, it's the sport that definitely needs needs that the most. Uh, I'm glad that hockey and, and football obviously has always always had it, but hockey and basketball have implemented that in a fashion. So baseball should be next just for the – again, you're trying to educate fans. You're trying to get them connected. You're, even if they don't understand the rule, at least they can identify it or recognize it. So I think that would be actually a, a really good thing for the sport. I wonder, Adam, you know, you, you mentioned you're a guy who parachutes in and parachutes out, but I, I know you and you, you, you do the league, you do the research – one of the things we've been talking about the most uh, here on this show this month, you know, where the White Sox are right now, is the decision to make injured list placements like Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson. And I wonder, in your you know, kind of multi-sport experience, if you've seen a similar situation to a team that, you know, can't they're not going to put it into coast or anything like that, but they have kind of banked this nine-and-a-half game lead. And the way I talked about it earlier was, like, if you're not going to use it now – what's it there for you? You know, what's it doing for you if you're not going to take advantage of it? And that's how I kind of see the injured list placements. I wonder if you see, I wonder if you see that anywhere similar. And if you've seen other teams, even in other sports do something of like kind. I mean, I I can't think of a direct baseball comparison from years past. I'm sure it's, it's been there at some point where a team's got the space, the lead uh, in the division to do that. I feel like somebody in the NL central has done that recently. And I think in football, it probably, climbs into now you know the last two weeks of the season going into 16 and 17 and i guess now into 17 and 18 uh i feel like resting your starters for whatever purpose you know you get into those final weeks of the season and all right well the saints have a chance to get the number two seed if they win but they also need green bay to lose and they need this and that and you kind of look at the scoreboard and i'm not sure how coaches communicate that on a case-to-case basis but they might see all right well that team's already on front. Our chances for the two-seed are kind of dwindling. Why don't we sit some guys in the second half and, and bring, some, bring some reserves in? And I think that, that's kind of, in a sense, remember that every football game is worth about 10 baseball games in the, in the you know, course of a regular season in, in, in terms of direct correlation. So, you know, you can kind of look at those last two quarters of a season and extrapolate that into a handful of games and say, all right, well, we need guys healthy. I'd rather rest starters down the stretch. I'd rather get off days staggered for guys who may need it. I'd rather not push somebody who might be on their way back. We talked about that with Anderson last night. Mm. You know, Giolito may only miss one or two starts. You know, same deal with Lance Lynn. You hope it's only, you know, one to three starts that they're out. But if TA's feeling okay, great. You can start to ramp him up, but you don't have to. And that's the nice thing about this is why you win. This is why you want to be in the position that you're in. I get the narratives of not beating the great teams on a consistent basis, although they look good against Oakland. Uh, I understand the narrative of not, you know, why are you not beating up Kansas City, a team that's got right around 60 wins? I, I get those narratives, but I think more importantly is you bank these wins to be able to rest, to get Eloy into a rhythm, to get Robert into a good good groove, to get T.A. back and get him healthy and comfortable in a year where he's dealt with this issue a lot. 
Uh, I think that football comparison is is somewhat relatable, uh, relatable, and I think more importantly, to stagger guys and get them healthy is is more important. I, I get the two seed's going to be important, but these guys know how to win games on the road. Lynn and Keuchel, I know Keuchel's struggling, but these guys have won big games on the road in their careers. It's playoff time is a special time of the year, no matter what. I think just having guys healthy is going to be the most important thing. Adam, I'm glad you brought up the football thing. I wouldn't have thought about it if you hadn't brought it up. But I, I, I want to say there was back in like my, my college years, the Colts are doing their Peyton Manning thing. And there's like one season where they rest all their starters and they get blown out in the first game of the playoffs. And then the next year they do the same thing and they go on a run and, and lost to the Patriots or something like that. I, I wonder if there's any correlation. I've, I've always have about a hot team going to the playoffs and a cold team going to the playoffs. And you know, the math just keeps coming back. No, you just you get in and you see what happens. You kind of mix it up. I, I wonder if it, it feels like your sport, like basketball, is kind of the one place where you, you kind of know what you're going to get from playoff matchups. And in, in just about everywhere else, you kind of just see what happens. I think basketball is the least random sport. You know, and I know the variables of baseball make it. Uh, I, I think I messed up. Least random sport, I think basketball is. I think baseball has a level of randomness based on a couple of things. You have a 162 game season where you're trying to figure out probabilities and tendencies, and then in a small sample size of, let's say, an AL, you know, a DS series that's only five games, that that may not correlate at all to what the overall scope of the season was. So. A lot of things can happen. You manage a little bit differently, certainly in, in, in a lot of these postseason settings for baseball or basketball when you're in a series. But the NHL is a bouncy sport. There's a lot of bounces that, that go a lot of different ways. The NFL is a one-and-done situation, and the league has so much parity that anybody can beat anybody at any given time, and especially at the smallest possible sample size of one game. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I think just the variables and how often guys are exposed to them I think that, that really does have a lot to do with it. I, don't, I agree with you, Connor. I try not to buy into the, well, the re, you know, what rest versus rust or whatever that is. I think there's too many variables for that to be an actual, you know, correlated thing over a year by, you know, year to year to year basis. I think you can make the case every year that, oh, well, that team rested, so they were better and ready to go. That team was rusty because they rested. And, like, you can make the case just based on the result. I think it's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know what the old what the old lawyer term is, but you know, therefore, because of whatever it may be, the cause and effect of. I don't think that's necessarily a direct correlation in baseball. Post hoc ergo propter hoc. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank and you. I am now friend. the hugest I was, that's nerd. Exactly what I was looking for. A fellow West Wing fan. I hope. <laughs> oh, oh my man! What's next? That's over and over again. <laughs> um, so, Adam, as as we let you go here, before we get into the whole you know West Wing conversation, which if you want, happy to have an off season conversation about it on any White Sox <laughs> Weekly or any Bulls broadcast you'd like, uh, give me your thirty uh, second elevator speech on the Chicago Bulls and the off season they've had, and why I should be jacked up about the Bulls this year. Uh, the addition of Vucevic going back to last year was the ground floor of this. Obviously, you get a new front office, you get a new head coach, you have the elevation of an all star like Levine. And the addition of Vucevic set things off because now players around the league, whether it's Kevin Durant, who isn't going to come here, or a player like Alonzo Ball, where there's a possibility to come here, they see that this is a front office making moves. And they're trying to lay some groundwork. They did that this past year, and that led right into a summer that was as good as anybody's in the NBA. To add the names they have, they're going to be one of the more athletic teams in the Eastern Conference, which you need against a Milwaukee or a Brooklyn or a Philadelphia 
and I think the additions they've made will make them a very deadly offense. They have some things to figure out defensively, but fans should be very excited. There's a lot of chemistry and a lot of fit possibility here with the flexibility of this offense. Will you and Stacy be doing a yearly appearance on White Sox broadcasts? I don't. I don't know if it's uh, if, if anything's going to be set or anything like that. Which I, I don't imagine that we would be closed off to the idea. And again, I'm always happy to jump in when need be. So, Adam, appreciate you. Great having a chat. And uh, congratulate. Last night was so much fun, man. You guys just you brought all the fun to the broadcast. Even in a game that didn't go the White Sox way, it was just really cool to see you guys work. No, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right, man. Adam Amin, who called the Sox game against the Royals last night on the TV side. He is your play-by-play man on the television for your Chicago Bulls, and he can be found just about at every major sporting event. I actually, just a little bit behind the scenes here, I, you know, Adam came up around the area, and I know he's friends with a lot of people here at ESPN 1000. Uh, I hadn't worked with many people here when I came over here at first. I, I just, the, the circles hadn't meshed. I'd been in around Chicago area radio for a long time, but in other places. And, um, you know, I started asking around about Adam cause I, I knew he was going to get the, you know, found out I was going to get the bulls job and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, Adam, Amin. I got to tell you, I first came across Amin doing play by play for the women's NCAA tournament. When Notre Dame went on just a preposterous run and they had uh, somebody sinking shots at the last minute, like every single game and Adams there every step of the way. And they had on the broadcast, uh, there was like a camera that was um, focused on him and his two analysts. And they I mean, it was just the dude brings so much excitement and professionality, not a word, but I'm using it here. Professionalism to the broadcast that it's just it's absolutely ridiculous so i think everybody knew white Sox fans knew who had, who had watched adam warwick who had seen it before kind of knew going into that game last night if you watched on the tv side that this was going to be it was gonna be a show man it was gonna be a show and they did they absolutely showed out i was a little disappointed you know for a whole bunch of different reasons that the white Sox didn't put up just a little bit more of a fight or put together a couple of runs late because it would have been great to just have adam let stacy go off and do their whole thing but you know what sean do you have the, the Lairi call again one more time? All right, we're going to play that in just a second. Because what, what I thought was so cool about it is that for this moment, this is a leaping grab by Lairi Garcia on a liner to short, and you tell me that this doesn't sound a hell of a lot like them calling a fast break on a Bulls game. A healthy Tim Anderson. Oof. There's Nicky Lopez. Towards short. What a play by Garcia. Give me that. Woo, Garcia. Tell me that's not an oop. Tell me that's not just like a give and go. It, it was perfect. They just, they really hit it. They were on the note. Um, and I hope they do get a chance to do it again next year. I, I know Jason, um, who does a fantastic job as the everyday guy on the television side, does a lot of college football games and has a lot of other, I mean, he's one of the best broadcasters in the country. So to have a guy like Adam just slide in or a guy like Len just slide into that chair, man, we got a lot of people, a lot of great people calling White Sox games. And uh, I, I think they're going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of months. That's right. I said months, plural. That's the hope. Sox fans, you can join us as the White Sox, White Sox take on the Los Angeles Angels at 110 on Thursday, September 16th. The first 10,000 fans, ages 21 and over, will receive a Los White Sox t-shirt presented by Budweiser. White Sox fans, this buds for you. Purchase your tickets at WhiteSox.com today. We will wrap up White Sox Weekly when we come back. The pregame show is close. It's the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. AmericanSale.com. American Sale. Bring the fun home. 
Follow us on Twitter at ESPN White Sox. White Sox are in Kansas City, not Detroit Rock City, although that's coming up in just a little bit here later in this month. Sox hold a nine and a half game lead in the American League Central. Coming into tonight's game, they are 78 and 57. This is White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. A reminder, Sox fans, you can lock in your seats. And you want to check this one out. I always save this read for last this time of year because uh, I think it is the, uh, I mean, all of them are important. Let's be honest. You all want to go to White Sox games and have a great time and get a great deal. This is huge, though. Sox fans, you can lock in your seats for the 2022 season with a ticket package and get postseason access for this year, for 2021. The time is now. Don't miss any of the action to come. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash season tickets or call 312-674-1000. That is enormous. Tickets for next year and postseason access for this year. You want to get that done. Taking a look at a couple of scores, uh, only because I mentioned the lead the Sox have in the division, the most important one going on today for the White Sox are the Red Sox and the Indians. That game is still scoreless and in the bottom of the seventh. The Rays lead the Twins 11-4. to The Toronto Blue Jays and Oakland A's have been playing a bananas series back and forth. Toronto was down 6-2. to Middle of that game last night came all the way back to win it 11-10 to on a walk-off from Marcus Semien. Right now, Toronto leads Oakland 10-8. They're going to the bottom of the ninth right now. Or rather, they are just wrapping up the ninth inning, I guess. Uh, well, Toronto may have won that game. That's a weird little stat that the or setup that MLB.com has shown me. Either way, it's been a fun series for those two. White Sox and Royals tonight. A couple of things to mention as we get ready for the pregame show. We'll go over some of this, and you'll hear from Tony Larusa in his pregame interview with Len Casper in just a few moments. Uh, but Yoan Mankata is not in the lineup tonight. He tweaked his wrist on a swing back in a series against the Oakland A's. He has been playing through it, and let's be honest, been playing just fine, thank you. He's got a 17-game hitting streak. That's the longest active hitting streak in baseball right now it's a career long for him and it's the season long hitting streak for the white Sox in 2021 ta had a 16 game heater that moncada just eclipsed last night with a single he's out tonight because swinging right-handed hurts just a little bit more than swinging left-handed that's from tony la Russa today and of course with the lefty daniel lynch on the bump tonight for the royals Moncada would be batting a lot right-handed, and you don't want to irk anything. Sox, obviously, with big storylines coming into tonight and that will last through most of next week are the injured list placements for Lucas Giolito, for Lance Lynn, and for Tim Anderson. The idea here is that those placements, those injury list placements are protective, that you want to heal up Lynn and Lucas and T.A. now. Before you go on the road late in September for three against the Rangers, three against Detroit, and then five in four days against the Cleveland Indians in your last road trip of the year. Sox will come back home after that, two against Cincinnati and then two against uh, three rather against Detroit to wrap the season. But that is when you want to have everyone healthy and on hand. That is when you want to make sure if you haven't already, and I think they could, absolutely bury the division 
salt that thing away, lock up your playoff spot, and if you can, come back real strong, face some of those weaker teams, and and make a run at Houston. Make a go at that second-best record in the American League. Sox have the schedule get a little bit tougher after this series against Kansas City. Not that anyone's looking past the Royals. I think they've proven that they're plucky enough to not look past this year, having taken just one more than the White Sox have in this season series. But you've got three against Oakland on the road, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then three against the Boston Red Sox when they come back into town. And then that, you know, that pretty much wraps up the schedule. And incidentally, that pretty much wraps up White Sox weekly for the afternoon. A lot of good baseball left for the White Sox. A lot of fun left for White Sox fans, and we're going to be here with you throughout all of it. The pregame show starts in just four minutes. I'm Connor McKnight. A huge thank you to Sean Davis and Ryan McGuire and Eric Ostrowski for helping get us on air. Big thanks to Gavin Sheets and to Adam Amin. Pregame shows on the way. This is the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network.